Welcome back to the second podcast in our series dedicated to the world of contingent workers. I'm Marina and Kirsten rejoins me to talk about our next topic, access to talents. Let's dive right in. Firstly, let's clarify what we mean by access to talents. Can you expand on that on this terminology for our HR and procurement listeners? Yes, and thank you for having me back. Um, this feels like a really great um, expansion of our first podcast. So thank you for this question. Typically, um, if you look at contingent workers, um, and actually contingent workers is kind of a new term anyway, because businesses will use the word contractors or temps. Um, but if we look at it from as a contingent worker, organizations will typically have been relying on recruitment agencies, suppliers, vendors, again, depending on their organization, um, for those um, companies to identify and bring talent into their business. Um, but the world's changed um, and contingent workers have changed. You know, there's more people working um, self-employed as independent contractors. There's more people who want to be freelancers and work on an ad hoc basis. Even the availability of opportunities has changed. Um, if you go back a number of years as a contractor, you would have 100% be looking as a, at a recruitment company to get your next opportunity. And companies would have picked up the phone to recruitment agencies for them to find them talent. But with, I think obviously part of that is related to the pandemic, which is not such a distant memory, I think, for a lot of us. But actually with remote working, um, with people having more options to how they work and what they want from their work, it does mean that organisations need to have greater access to talent and by that I mean different types of talent that's not just the source so for us in the in our industry we have all these wonderful terms and um, with source of talent what by that I mean where they're coming from so are they coming from a recruitment agency are they coming from a supplier or a vendor are they themselves a, a potentially a supplier but actually the source may well be whether they are known to you as a business already so you know they are referred to you as a business um, whether they are coming through a third party. There's lots of different sources of talent. There's also lots of different types of talent because we spoke before around the different types of contingent workers as well. And that's just an overarching term. Someone who is not a permanent person in your business, kind of your extended workforce. Um, so really by access to talent, it's about thinking differently. It's about expanding that net um, and making sure that the way we did it yesterday doesn't necessarily fit the way we need to do it tomorrow. Um, and we need to help organizations identify that talent quickly and like quality talent. So um, I guess the, um, so it's funny to say really, but bearing in mind like the world that we work in, but actually relying on your typical supplier approach isn't necessarily going to help organizations get the talent they need. So by that we're expanding by bringing in like new talent and widening that net. Thank you, Kirsten, for that overview. That's very helpful. But how do we actually give greater access to talents? Um, so again, I talked to earlier on about you know, our industry terms. So one of those would be omni-channel. Ultimately, that means um, I would probably describe it to my five-year-old as opening up the doors and having multiple different doors. And by that, we're referring back to those different types of talent. So door number one, may well be those referrals. So anybody that's known to your business, anybody who's worked with you before, maybe even an employee who left, but left quite some time ago because of employment risk and so forth. 
But basically, um, your referral, they know, and managers themselves. And even if you think about like social media, etc., we all have our own personal networks. And as managers with their own careers, their own history and their network, it's a great source of talent for businesses for them to actually draw upon their own network to get referrals. Um, alumni is always a great one um, because contingent workers who have had experience of your company, they've worked within, um, within projects, they know the business, they know the culture, they're able to um, assimilate themselves quickly into your business. Um, so if, if, you've had, if you've had a contingent worker who's completed a project, behind the scenes it would be um, like recommended to have a policy about potentially a break in engagement and service so they don't just keep coming back time and time again because then you have other risks that are open to you. But um, alumni talent is fantastic. We also now have the opportunity to um, think about direct sourcing. So if you then flip this on its head and you think about um, the hiring of permanent staff or permanent employees, um, there's such a big focus on employee experience um, employee value proposition, employer brand. Um, and those elements really are about making someone want to work at your company. That applies to contingent workers. You know, They may not want to work at company X because they think, because that they have an opinion of that company. They may like prefer to work at company Y. But the key thing here is also talent is available online through social media talent is available from multiple different sources um, and we're able to help organizations attract that talent actually like using their brand so it's a really enticing and exciting time to do that because you can excite a contingent worker by saying that absolutely i really want to have this project work with this client on my cv that's fantastic you can also entice them with the opportunity itself so those two things combined enable us to directly identify and source talent for companies. And the final piece is freelancers. Um, so a freelancer is a really interchangeable term, I think, because sometimes people bl blur that with an independent contractor. But with a freelancer, I guess from my perspective, we're really looking at individuals who do distinct projects, pieces of work with an organisation, um, and we can identify those through multiple different sources too. So Coming back to that multiple, all the different doors, lots of doors, lots of different talent out, out there. Um, and it's about really understanding um, the approach and what talent's are right for you. Um, but there's lots of different options over and above um, going out to your typical recruitment or suppliers. That's amazing. I mean, these are really lots of options, right? So how do organizations know which channel will work best for them? I think a lot of it is driven by data. Um, because sometimes we talk to organizations and they want to implement um, the omni-channel approach from day one, um, which if you've got data which shows you the type of talent you're engaging, um, maybe the job families, the skill sets, um, the work you need to be completed, that's a great starting point because then we can combine that with our experience around what is the best type of talent to complete that piece of work or do that job. And then and also where is that talent going to be found? Um, one size does not fit all with this as well. Um, if Even with direct sourcing, direct sourcing will work for particular jobs, particular families, particular work. Freelancers um, will also be suitable for, you know, you know projects, reporting, writing, creative. So 
I think it's an opportunity to um, pause and actually assess and um, analyze like the makeup of your contingent workers, what they're actually doing. And using that data, you can actually establish which channel is the right one. Um, there's also no wrong answer, quite frankly, as long as you've got a really good process, um, as long as you have a clear communication and transparent communication, as long as you focus on the experience um, for everybody involved, then you can try things and if they don't work, you can iterate and change things. Um, really, it's about kind of making sure that it, it's working for you. Um, and in contradicting to what I mentioned, you know, omni-channel may not be the right thing for you as an organization. It may be better for you to have five amazing recruitment companies that love working with you, depending on your location, your skill sets, your industry. Um, so even with omni-channel, that should include suppliers as well. Um, so I think it's a case of trying, understanding, um, and then evolving. Um, so And there's a time element to that as well, and kind of really factoring that in. So yeah, lots, I guess, like which channel, <laughs> it depends, but there's lots of ways to find out and, and explore the right one. Perfect, thank you. So now we know about the what, about the how, but what are the benefits of using other channels? Um, even the phrase access to talent is probably the biggest benefit because you are widening that net, as I mentioned before. Um, there are opportunities um, from a cost perspective as well, though. Um, so coming back to our our different um, people within the business, HR, procurement, finance. With with like with certain channels, you can potentially reduce the cost of that worker um, because you're not going to be uh, applying um, additional costs for the engagement. Um, but actually, I think cost is one element. I think an element here is actually a future-proofing an organisation. So it's really powerful if a manager is able to select from a candidate um, who is maybe known to the business um, and has got great feedback and can be engaged quickly. So our managers want quality talent quickly um, and the benefit of the other channels, give that to them because we ultimately have greater access to more talent. Um, and so I think it comes down to kind of the key things, speed, quality and cost are the main benefits. Sounds like this can really add value to an organization. Kirsten, what three things would an organization need to consider if wanting to expand their channels? Um, I think it's understanding where you are today on your journey, because if you go back to our first podcast around why you use an MSP, we highlighted one way of working, one process, one technology, and then you get visibility, control, compliance, and so forth. Um, having that in place initially is actually going to be really important. Um, and then with those things in place, you're able to evolve and start expanding the channels. Um, part of that is going to be your relationship with your managers and obviously managing that change, giving them um, reassurance that by trying something different, it's, it is going to work and it's not going to have a negative impact. Um, and, obviously, and also taking them on the journey. If you go back to um, the omni-channel we spoke about, referrals, um, we would really, really advise to work closely with managers to obviously enhance referrals and work with managers on that. Um, I think also your, your current supplier relationships is very important. You know, those suppliers um, are probably rather loyal. They've worked with you for a long time and you want to continue working with them. So there is a balancing act between expanding your channels and not at the detriment of your supplier relationships. So 
that really does come down to your partnerships, transparency, communication, and working closely with suppliers. And then the final piece is, is it right for you full stop? That depending on the talent that you have, um, and mentioned um, bringing in the right talent. With the right talent though, it also means that um, you could bring in the skill set, you can bring in the, um, just if you focus on the skill sets required, as long as you really engage with that talent in a compliant way, then that is ultimately a really refreshing way of working. We often get um, focused on bringing in a temporary worker, bringing in an independent contractor, going to our recruitment agency because that's the way we've done it before. But also um, some of our com- our more compliant and um, risk-averse kind of ways of working with contingent workers does actually force us down a particular channel sometimes. Um, it's refreshing to be able to break down the barriers of that and just think logically around what's the best way of bringing this talent in full stop um, as long as you can obviously work with them in a compliant way. So lots of um, lots of different things really, but that, that's probably the three things, the suppliers, your managers, and actually just making sure that you have got the right talent. Lots of key information here. So any tips on how to move to this way of working? Um, I think I've implied it already, but evolution, not revolution. Um, take your time, make sure that you understand the reason why you're doing it, the expected objectives, the outcomes. Um, It's likely that you'll need to think about technology at some point in time over and above maybe a vendor management system Um, and ultimately um, having some data to support the types of workers that you're bringing in. And not only just the type, but as I mentioned before, the role they're filling, the job they're doing, the skills they have, um, how long they're there for, and the reason why they're there. Um, a lot of organizations have contingent workers coming into the business, and they might not actually be tracking the the reason why they're there. Are they there to deliver a project? Are they there because you've got a spike in activity or they're replacing someone, etc.? Having that additional data also supports how viable like I'm using different channels is. Those key things, I think, are, th- are there. I think also... Um, the final thing is to look outside your organization. So don't just focus on kind of what you're doing internally and what your needs are. Um, it is important to apply some market insights and kind of have that analysis around how talent's changing, the supply and demand of talent and particular skill sets, because um, that in itself as an external factor could influence how successful you are with this type of approach. Thank you very much, Kirsten, for sharing your expertise and insights in our organization. If you're interested in MSP, uh, do not hesitate to listen to our last podcast about MSP. You can find all our podcasts recording on our website. In the meantime, don't hesitate to subscribe to our channel or to follow us on LinkedIn account to get the latest news. If you have any questions or recommendations, feel free to reach out to us via the link in the podcast description. I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Kirsten.